The Sacramento Kings offseason truly begins this week with Thursday night's NBA draft. And before the ball really gets rolling, I'm going to share with you my full predictions for how this offseason is going to go for the Sacramento Kings. Plus, with Bradley Beal choosing the Phoenix Suns over a reported Sacramento Kings deal, do the Kings now have to counter or somewhat match what the Phoenix Suns and other Western Conference teams are doing? Let's discuss right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. It's draft week. Normally, it's more exciting and nerve-wracking than it is this year, but it, the Kings are in an enjoyable position, right? because of course they're trying to get better, but they're in an offseason where they're coming off of a playoff appearance. The playoff drought is behind them. We're not looking at this draft as another chance for the Kings to find a savior who could turn this franchise around. The franchise has been turned around, and now with the 24th overall pick in the draft, the Kings are looking for a piece that helps them accomplish their new goal of going from good playoff team to great championship contender. Maybe they can accomplish that this offseason. Maybe they can't. And one of the things we're going to talk about is the significance and importance of timing. I'm going to get into that more uh, later on in the show. Is it better timing-wise for the Sacramento Kings to go for it now, or can they afford to wait and be a little more patient and trust in this core's development while other teams like the Phoenix Suns, real uh, super teams and championship contenders, make their all-in moves uh, to try and make it to the finals and secure uh, a Larry O'Brien trophy? So we're going to get into all of that, but I'm going to start with my off-season predictions, and I wrote down a bunch of things, and, and this hasn't been just a list that I compiled today. I've been slowly jotting down like what I believe is going to happen, or the, the moves that maybe I would make, or the moves that I think Monty McNair and the Kings front office is most likely to make this off-season based off of my opinion and, and what I feel the, the Kings' timetable is, based off of my limited knowledge of how Monty McNair and this front office works. I've gotten some things right in the past, right? I was I was all over the Keegan Murray pick last year. Clearly, I in the front office uh, saw eye to eye with that, although I'm not going to claim to have known a way ahead of time that the Kings were going for Keegan Murray. I just liked Keegan. Clearly, the Kings front office liked Keegan. I'm not claiming to be any kind of Notre Dame or anything like that when it comes to knowing what the Sacramento Kings front office is going to do. Just based off of my ideas of, of the situation, where the Kings are at, this front office... I put together a list of predictions or moves or what I think is going to happen for this offseason. And it starts with, and I've already shared this before, I believe, I would, I would feel very, very confident in the Sacramento Kings not trading the 24th overall pick in Thursday night's draft. I feel very certain that the Kings are going to actually make a selection with this pick, and I'll tell you why. 
It all has to do with money. It all has to do with contract status. And the reality is the Sacramento Kings have to look forward and forecast their financial future as well as try and handle the moves that they're making today. Monty McNair has been very consistent since day one he came in here here to Sacramento. And he shared that he wants to maintain maximum flexibility. Now, we always assume that meant cap space, cap flexibility, the ability to take on players or make moves for players when they come available like this Bradley Beal sweepstakes uh, that, that just happened, um, while also not handcuffing yourself and locking yourself into maybe a luxury tra- tax situation where the Kings are overpaying or paying penalties on a team that might not be a true championship contender. Like, if you're paying top dollar, you want to make sure you're in that championship group. The Kings aren't there yet. They have to earn their way there, so why would they pay like they are one right now? Money and finances and cap space is extremely important. The 24th overall pick gets you a first-round talent at a set, very affordable price based off of the the pick, and I don't know what that number is for 24th overall. It's significantly less than what Keegan Murray's making as the fourth overall pick last year, right? And as a rookie, you have long-term contractual control over them. It's a four-year deal. Uh, I think the third or the fourth year is a team option if they decide to exercise that option. Then you have their rights. Uh, they become restricted free agents. So in reality, you could get a player that if he works out, you could have under team control for up to reasonably eight years, which is pretty incredible given the circumstance of the Sacramento Kings where they actually have a lot of roster spots that they need to fill this offseason. They have their core group that's already here. They have looming extensions for DeMontis Sabonis, probably Malik Monk, eventually Keegan Murray and De'Aaron Fox, and maybe Kevin Herter, whatever, whatever. Like, if they want to keep this this core together, it's going to cost them a lot eventually down the road to keep this core together. So to have a player, a first-round talent, that potentially could be a, I mean, 24th pick is a crapshoot, right? You're looking for a solid rotation player, someone who is going to help contribute, or maybe you're looking for a player that you can develop a year or two down the road that can become that uh, that, that contribution that you're looking for. I think the Sacramento Kings are going to be searching for a, a player that helps them right now, but again, we're being realistic with the 24th pick. The Kings aren't looking for a starter at that spot. If they find someone who becomes that, that's amazing. That diamond in the rough type, uh, type player, that would be fantastic. That's not the expectation for this draft. But the Kings can land a player on a good, team-friendly, long-term deal to take up one of those roster spots without costing the organization too much. That's why I feel the Kings are not going to trade this pick. So who are the Kings going to select with this pick then? Well, I am saying the Kings are going to select Indiana power forward Trace Jackson Davis. He is... Uh, someone who reportedly has been here in Sacramento uh, for workouts in the past. He is a, uh, a forward. Um, uh, there's questions about his shooting, but he is able to, uh, to score around the rim. Uh, he, he fills a need for the Sacramento Kings team. Decent round, rebounder, uh, decent defense as well. I think Trace Jackson Davis, if he's there, would be a great pick for the Sacramento Kings. I know a lot of uh, Kings fans are also starting to to do a little more research into what Jackson Davis brings and, and are starting to like him. And, and I've done uh, podcasts already this offseason talking to different draft analysts about Jackson Davis. Uh, recently talked to Kyle Boone from CBS Sports about Jackson Davis, uh, who really likes Trace and thinks that that would be a good pickup for the Sacramento Kings. So Trace Jackson Davis is the guy that, as of now, I am predicting the Sacramento Kings to take with the 24th overall pick. However, you might have caught my locked on or our locked on NBA ultimate mock draft that we do every year, right? Where all 
the uh, the hosts of their teams take over their teams for a night in, in some sort of like fantasy mock draft. Essentially, we can trade the picks if we want. We can make deals or we can make selections. Chris Murray fell to the Kings at 24, and I had to take him. If Chris Murray is there at 24, if Chris Murray and Trace Jackson Davis are there at 24 for the Sacramento Kings, I think it's going to be hard for the Kings to pass up on Murray. I think he's going to go before the 24th pick. Trace Jackson Davis might go before the 24th pick. I've also seen Trace da- uh, Trace Dax- Jackson Davis listed as as late as like a early pick in the second round. So the ranges of these players are crazy, and there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten different names, maybe more, that the Kings are going to be looking at with this pick. But if Trace Jackson Davis is there, I think he's a very likely pick for the Sacramento Kings. Let's get into free agency then, which free agency begins actually on the first day of my vacation. So that's going to be a bit of a bummer. I'm finding out a way to kind of work around that. If the Kings make any day one free agency moves, I may be in a position where I can still turn some kind of content or something for that. But free agency is where I think the real fireworks are going to come for the Sacramento Kings. My first predictions with free agency are this. The Sacramento Kings will re-sign Terrence, or rather, excuse me, Trey Lyles, and Harrison Barnes. I think the Sacramento Kings are going to bring both of those guys back. I think Trey Lyles is almost a lock. I think the Kings absolutely want Trey Lyles um, to to be a part of this team's future, even with the expectation that they're bringing Sasha Vezinkov over, which is also another prediction that Sasha Vezinkov is going to be a King and going to be a part of Kings training camp and will be on this roster uh, come the start of next season. Um, but Harrison Barnes, of course, is, is the big one. And I share with you, like this offseason completely revolves around that that Harrison Barnes decision. Because if the Kings decide to let Harrison walk, they have to address that spot. They can't just let him walk and, and move forward without addressing it. Like that is a massive hole for them to fill. They run the risk of if they wait and try to find somebody else, find a big name free agent out there, or wait for a big trade to fill that starting three spot. Another team could swoop in and snatch up Harrison Barnes in day one, day two, day three of free agency, and suddenly the Kings have lost out on Harrison Barnes and still don't have that spot filled, and maybe there's a little pressure on them at that point. I did an exercise earlier in the offseason where I tried to come up with sign-and-trade deals that, that made sense and worked for the Sacramento Kings, who are not just trying to stay put. They're trying to improve. So if they're going to move on from Harrison Barnes, they're trying to improve that position. It was extremely difficult to do, which led me to believe that it is in the best interest of the Kings to bring Harrison Barnes back. I think Harrison Barnes is... um, I I think Kings fans, a lot of Kings fans, are right in their desire for this Kings team to improve and right in looking at the Harrison Barnes spot in this starting lineup is the most uh, or the, the the best spot to potentially improve. And I know they're disappointed based off of how Harrison uh, played in the uh, playoff series against the Golden State Warriors. But I think Harrison Barnes has been made out to be a little bit more of a scapegoat than he needs to be. He's extremely reliable, extremely talented player, obviously knows what the Sacramento Kings are doing here. I think the Kings would be in great shape if they were able to bring number 40 back, especially if it was on a relatively team-friendly deal. So I think Harrison Barnes and Trey Lyles will be coming back and will be re-signed by the Sacramento Kings. I think the Kings are going to be, and I put in air quotes, involved, meaning their name is going to come up in free agency sweepstakes, rumors, and conversations around uh, Josh Hart, around uh, Kyle Kuzma, and around Nas Reed. I think Hart, Kuzma, and Reed will all, the Kings will be connected to all three of those at different times in free agency. However, I'm predicting that the Kings will not land 
any of those three. I think the Kings are going to let Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, Alex Len, and this one might be unpopular, Nemeas Kata Walk. I think those four players will not be a part of the Sacramento Kings going forward. I have no idea if all four of them will end up on different teams or not. Maybe a couple of them will go into next season, not on a team at all. I was just having a conversation with uh, Steve, who's one of my coworkers here uh, at, at ABC 10, and he he's a Nemeas Kata fan. Kata was like a runner-up to G League MVP last year. He played very, very well. This Kings team knows him very, very well, but... I know there are question marks about if he can be a solid center in the NBA. Now, if the Kings are bringing Namias Keita in as a backup center, I'm looking at that as like a third-string center, kind of the same role that Alex Len played for the majority of the season. Remember, Rashawn Holmes is still under contract. It's going to be very difficult for the Kings to move on from Rashawn Holmes. They're essentially going to have to in- include Rashawn in a salary match-type deal or they're going to have to pay a team, essentially, or give a team an asset in order to take Rashawn Holmes off their books. That's the reality of the value of Rashawn Holmes, even if I still think he's a good, solid player that could help a team win. So the Kings will likely still have Rashawn Holmes on their roster. They're going to have Montes Sabonis as their starting center. If they bring back Trey Lyles, like I think they are, he's a competent small ball five. They could address that position as well uh, in the draft. Plus, like I put down here uh, a little bit later, I think the Sacramento Kings are going to sign uh, a player like Bismack Biombo as a third center. A veteran player, I think they'll go with more of a, a veteran-type player who's cheap, can get him close to the league minimum. Someone who comes in, protects the rim, rebounds, can hold down that position and help address some needs uh, without breaking the bank. Maybe it's it's probably like a one-year deal or something like that. This is like a late free agency signing. I can see the Kings making a move on a player like Bismack Biombo. So I'm predicting that Namias Keita would walk. I'm not saying that's what I want. I would be happy to see Keita back as that, that third center or that backup center role for the Sacramento Kings. But let's put it this way. If the Kings decide to let Namias Keita go, they know him better than any other team does. So clearly, they're, they would see something that we are not seeing and we should trust that. I do think the Kings will bring Keon Ellis back. They should bring Keon Ellis back and at the very late, uh, least offer him another two-way contract. He, uh, or Namias Keita, got two two-way contracts in back-to-back seasons. Ellis just came off his first year. Uh, I know the Sacramento Kings like Keon Ellis. Do they like him enough to bring him back and give him another two-way spot? I would hope so. I don't necessarily think he's ready for an actual full main roster spot, although I don't think that's unheard of. I think Keon Ellis does a lot of things that the Sacramento Kings could use at that 2-3, uh, 3 and D guard wing type spot. So I like Keon Ellis back on another two-way contract. The Kings will also need a third point guard or a third like ball handler that might not get a lot of playing time, kind of like that Matthew Dellavedova role. I like the idea of uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I think Dennis Smith Jr. is obviously he's not lived up to the hype of uh, he was in, in the same draft as De'Aaron Fox, if I'm not mistaken. He's not lived up to that hype. Um, he's kind of been a journeyman since then, but I wouldn't hate giving Dennis Smith Jr. an opportunity on a cheap contract as that third um, point guard. That was just a name that I liked when I was looking at realistic third point guard free agency targets. I also kind of like the idea of bringing Seth Curry to Sacramento, although he's more off ball. He's more of a two, which I guess you could play him with uh, uh, Malik Monk as the primary ball handler with the second unit, but then what about Davion Mitchell, right? So I, I, I decided to go away from Seth Curry, even though, selfishly, 
I would very much like that for the Sacramento Kings. My final main prediction, and this one, this one's a big one. I think the Kings are going to be involved in a lot of rumors. They've already been involved in a lot of rumors. But I do not think the Kings will make any major trades this offseason. That means like the OG and an OB deal, which the Kings are reportedly aggressively uh, going after OG. They were involved to some extent in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes, which we'll talk about in the next segment. I don't think the Kings are going to make a major trade, which means OG is not going to be a Sacramento King. That's my prediction. And a lot of that has to do with players that they're not making available and um, timing. I'm going to get into all of that, plus the Bradley Beal trade in just a second. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Ibotta. We're all throwing our money at something, whether it's supplies and stuff for the kids, a new house project, the list goes on and on. Even your basic groceries. It's time to stop spending hard-earned money without getting anything in return. That's why you should check out Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Even uh, You can link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after after you shop and get your cash back. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. You could use that cash back to buy a flight to uh, wherever vacation you're going on. Whatever it may be, it's $120 on average a year that you can save. And there's even more on top of that that you can earn. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps will give you like points towards certain stores or marketplaces or very specific things. Ibotta is cash in your pocket that you can use for for anything. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you shop with Ibotta like uh, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. to go, Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. So according to Shams of The Athletic, Bradley Beal, as we all know, it's been a couple days old now, decided to waive his no-trade clause and uh, be traded to the Phoenix Suns. Now, I think the Phoenix Suns absolutely fleeced the Washington Wizards, although I think it's good that this deal wasn't absolutely absurd like last year's uh, Minnesota Timberwolves trade for Rudy Gobert. I think this is meaning the market is getting a little bit back to normal. I know that packages will vary, and 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 the package that the Suns sent out for Bradley Beal might not tell the full story of what other teams were offering because again, Bradley Beal chose his destination. According to Shams, today one of the teams that Bradley chose the Suns over was the Sacramento Kings. So we have no indication of what that package was. Zero indication at all. I'm pretty confident that it included Rashawn Holmes simply for salary, right? I mean, that's the only thing that I'm like, I, I, I feel very, very confident in saying 
this guy was involved in the Sacramento Kings offer if there even was one. Sounds like there was one at least on the table that Bradley Beal could have accepted if he wanted to go to Sacramento. He chose Phoenix over the Kings. Not hard to understand why, right? I don't view that as a slight at the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks or Miami Heat who are also in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes, maybe they view it that way. As a Kings, from the Kings' perspective, I don't view that as a slight. It makes sense why he would choose to play with Booker and Durant and uh, that Phoenix Suns super team that they are they're they're building over there. Even though I have questions about that team, and I'll get back to that in just a second. David Aldridge did report that Keegan Murray's name was brought up as as an asking price from the Washington Wizards, to which the Sacramento Kings said no, or said that they're not interested. And I love this. And this is one of the major reasons why I don't think a deal is going to happen this offseason, because the Sacramento Kings are not trading Keegan Murray. Right? Now, Matt, how could you say that? Because a lot of us would have said the Sacramento Kings are not trading Tyrese Halliburton, and look what they did in the DeMontis Sabonis trade. I get your point. I'm not saying the Kings are in no way, shape, or form they would ever move on from Keegan Murray. I mean, a realistic deal in place, the Kings are not going to move Keegan Murray for. Unless the Kings are trading Keegan Murray as the main piece of a package that is landing them a star, they're not trading Keegan. The reason for that, as I've talked about before, the Kings view Keegan Murray as a future All-Star. They think Keegan Murray is going to be an all-star. They think Keegan Murray is going to be the uh, the third man of a Sacramento Kings, Fox, Sabonis, Murray, big three, that will help this team win a championship or two one day. That's how they view Keegan Murray. They might be overselling him or, 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 or thinking too much or too highly of him. Only time will tell. But that's what they view at this point. So that means they're only going to trade Keegan for a player that they feel can fill that role sooner and better than Keegan Murray can. That's why, in the case of the OG Ananobi trade, I don't think that trade is going to happen. Because if I'm the Toronto Raptors, the first player I'm asking for in the OG trade is Keegan Murray. The first player the Washington Wizards asked for, or should have asked for in this Bradley Beal trade, was Keegan Murray. They're not trading Keegan unless they're getting a star in return, which you could argue argue Bradley Beal is more of a star today, of course, than Keegan Murray is. But there's questions about how much money he's being paid, and yada, yada, yada. Keegan Murray's cheaper. The finances, like we talked about in the last segment, a lot of things go into it. I'm very happy the Kings are not making Keegan Murray available. I'm very happy the Kings don't want to trade Keegan Murray. I'm not surprised by that. I've been telling you that. I've been preaching that here on Locked on Kings for the the better part of a year. And you know, of course, how high I am on Keegan Murray. So maybe there's there's a little bit of bias to that. But I would love to know specifically what the package was that the Sacramento Kings put out there to try and lure or get Bradley Beal here to Sacramento. I don't think it was a massive haul of like picks and and Rashawn Holmes and salary matcher and things like that. I don't think it was anything that significant just based off of the situation that the Washington Wizards were in, but I have no idea. That's just pure speculation on my part. So why else do I think, you, you heard me mention timing earlier in the show. Why do I think timing is really important? When looking at this Bradley Beal trade, when looking at a potential OG Ananobi trade, and why I feel the Kings are not going to make a big trade this offseason. Because time, believe it or not, is on the Sacramento Kings' side. Monty McNair just signed an extension. He's secure in his job. The Sacramento Kings made it back to the playoffs with a core of players that averaged the age of like 24, 25, 26 years old. They've spent less than a calendar year together. They've been with Mike Brown less than a year. 
and look at all they've accomplished. So the Sacramento Kings, even if they brought back Harrison Barnes and that move was met with criticism, I think the majority of people would look at the Sacramento Kings running this core and running this team essentially back next year or this upcoming season. I think people would look at that and go, yeah, makes sense. Like the Kings, did they overperform next year? Let's see what they can do with more time together. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, that's not saying, I had this conversation with Kenny Carraway on ESPN 1320 last week. That's not saying that now is not the right time to strike. Like, strike while the iron's hot, right? The Kings might, this might be the ideal time for Monty McNair to make another move to vault this team from, from playoff team to contender status. This might be the right time. But you need both the right time and the right deal. You can't have the right time and wrong, wrong deal or the right deal in the wrong time. So maybe this is the right time for the Kings to go for it, but the right deal has to be there. And involving Keegan Murray in an OG and an Ubi trade, in my opinion, or going out and trying to trade for Bradley Beal, even if he's the star that's suddenly available but has paid way too much money over the next three, four years, that's not the right deal, in my opinion. Time is on the Sacramento Kings' side. While teams like the Phoenix Suns are clearly going all in, other teams in the West are, are, are going to continue to go all in. There are going to be teams in the East that are going to continue to go all in. The Kings, while they're trying to, again, get to that contender status and would love to get to that status next season, they don't have to. The Phoenix Suns have to win right now. They have Durant. They have Booker. They've sold the rest of that team away or traded the rest of that team away. They have absolutely no depth. They still have someone who's not happy in their position in Al, uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton. They just got Frank Vogel as a new head coach. There are massive question marks with that Phoenix Suns team, but there is full pressure on them right now building a super team to win immediately. If they don't, they're complete failures, and that was before the Bradley Beal trade. The Kings don't have to win right now or it's a complete failure. Time is on their side. They just need to keep building and developing and growing together. Take that into account when looking at potential trades this offseason. There are going to be teams that are more desperate than the Sacramento Kings are where they might be willing to overpay or make a dumb move or, or pay significantly more for a big-name free agent or trade significantly more future draft compensation to lure OG Ananobi out of the Toronto Raptors organization. I have no idea. The Kings are in a position where they don't have to throw everything at the wall right now. Maybe they still do because the right move is there. Maybe the OG Ananobi deal ends up being the right move if they don't have to trade Keegan Murray and OG can be that Harrison Barnes replacement. But then we're talking the Kings likely have to add two, at least two, future first-round picks in addition to maybe a Harrison Barnes sign-and-trade. I have no idea to make that deal work. But like the Bradley Beal tra uh, trade, like we talked about, that was never, in my opinion, the right deal for the Sacramento Kings, even if they put a package together that Bradley Beal chose the Suns over. So I, I think the Kings are in a good position right now. I think the Kings can sit tight if they have to. They're not going to look to sit tight and want to sit tight, but if they run this team back next season without making a major splash trade this offseason, I think they're fine. It's maybe a little less exciting. Maybe some of us fans are disappointed. Maybe it's a little more boring and we're nervous that the Kings aren't going to improve while other teams are improving. I get that concern. But the Kings aren't in a desperate position like other teams are. And that's why Monty can use that position as a place of power where he doesn't have to include Keegan Murray in these trade talks. He doesn't have to include a super, like a big name or big piece of this core. He could even be that way with 
not wanting to trade Davion Mitchell because he does not have to at this point in time. That's a good position for him to be in. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy sports. The way it works is you pick two to five players and the over or under of their projected scoring totals uh, for that night. They have this for the NBA and WNBA, of course. Uh, they have this for the MLB. They have this for the NFL, for combat sports. Of course, it's different with every single sport what those projections are, but essentially it's you versus the house, right? It's you versus the Prize Picks projection. You're not taking on any of those sharks that that go on all these sites and make their money and make their living taking advantage of people who want to play for fun, make a little bit of side money and play mainly as a hobby. Right? You don't have to worry about anything like that. You versus the prize picks projections and you can win up to 25 times your money. Your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's super easy to do so. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That means you deposit $100, you get $100 instantly. You deposit $50, you get $50 instantly, doubling your money right away. It's more money for you to continue to make money on PrizePix, the number one way to play daily fantasy sports. So what are your predictions for the Sacramento Kings offseason? What do you think about Bradley Beal choosing to go to the Phoenix Suns? Do you feel that the Kings have to counter or do you agree with me that their time is on their side? How are you feeling on the situation? I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm just saying that's my feeling on the situation. Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. Either way, let's discuss it. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com and leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Pretty cool thing I'm doing tomorrow morning, and I hope you're listening to this in time. I'm going to be partnering with Bleacher Report. I'm going to be doing a 30-minute show discussing potential trades that the Sacramento Kings can make and the trade market for the Kings ahead of the NBA draft. It's going to be a 30-minute live show that I'm doing on Bleacher Report. You can find it on the Kings stream on BleacherReport.com or the Bleacher Report app, but please join me there. It would be really cool to have a big Locked on Kings audience, follow me over and be a part of that show and that stream. So I hope you will join me there. Uh, also, on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm scare- scheduled to have Howard Beck back with me. We're going to talk about that Bradley Beal trade. We're going to talk about the OG Ananubi sweepstakes. We're going to talk about if the Sacramento Kings should be patient or should go for it right now. Howard's going to be able to provide some excellent national perspective on the position that the Sacramento Kings are in there. Of course, Thursday is the draft. I will be at the Golden One Center in the Sacramento Kings practice facility watching the draft. I will be there covering it for ABC 10. We'll speak with Monty McNair in a press conference after the draft, so we'll see what the Kings do with the 24th pick and their two second round picks. It's going to be a busy week here on Locked on Kings. I hope you will join me for all of it and then some. Appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.